0: Welcome to the In the Game Room audio podcast, episode number seven. Today is Friday, August 5th. Well, technically it's just after midnight, so today is Saturday, August 6th. We just finished up uh, day number two of Gen Con in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, it's been quite a show so far. I'm really having a good time here. Now normally I would record a podcast like this right from the convention area itself but there isn't a single place in the entire convention hall where it's quiet enough to do it so I'm back at the hotel like I said uh Friday night early Saturday morning um just after midnight so I'm going to do the podcast from here but I'm just going to give you a few of my impressions of the convention And a couple of things I did today, things I saw. Um, This is my second time coming here, and second time in a row, actually. And Gen Con is the biggest convention I've ever been to. It's the biggest convention in America. And possibly the world, I'm not sure about that. Maybe somebody can correct me on that. Um, I've done Origins a couple of times. I've done uh, Little Wars. I've done Historic Con, and uh, there's a convention in Arizona that I can't remember the name of that I don't want to remember the name of, and then the conventions in L.A. that I do three times a year. But anyways, this is a whole different ballgame. If you've never been to Gen Con, um, you should experience it at least once. That was my intent last year, and I enjoyed it so much that I came back again this year. I don't know if I'm going to do it every single year or not, but, um, or I might until I get kind of burned out, if that's possible, and then maybe start alternating years or something. I don't know. But it's a blast. It's a, it's a whole different experience, like I said, because it's just so big. There's just so many people and so much going on. Um, it's, a, it's a real good time. So, like I said, it's my second time here, so I have a little more. Experience, you know, know where things are. I'm not, you know, fumbling around trying to find things. So I'm getting a little more done than I did last time, I think. Um, One of the things I checked out this time in the uh, exhibit hall or dealer room or whatever you want to call it, I'm not sure what they call it here. I think it's the exhibit hall. It's where all the vendors are and all the manufacturers are and stuff. Um, I checked out the New miniatures from uh, Hawk War Games for their new game, Drop Fleet Commander, which is a game similar to Drop Zone Commander, um, but it's more, you know, fleet based, as the name sort of implies. Bigger ships in a smaller scale, if that makes sense. I mean, big, huge ships, but they're very small. Most of the ships were probably around three inches in length. Really, really cool looking models. They had samples of I guess all of the models that are coming out for the game, I really don't know that much about it. I I just kind of found out about it when I got here. But I was fascinated by the miniatures because that's my thing, you know, miniatures. So I checked those out. Um, Not much I can really tell you about it on an audio podcast, but I can tell you to go to itgr podcast.com and you'll see that there's a video there where one of the uh, people from Hawk War Games might have even been one of the game designers because I remember somebody came up and asked him questions very specific questions about the mechanics of the game you know asking why did you do this and why did you do that so I kind of got the impression he might have been one of the main dudes there but anyways on my on my video on the itgrpodcast.com website um, you'll you'll see him describe the game and just basically, in just a couple of minutes, tell you sort of what it's about and stuff like that. So be sure to check that out if you want to see um, see what it's all about. And at the end of the video, I put a whole series of, I don't know, 20 or 30 photos, just in a kind of a you know a slideshow kind of format. They're only on the screen for a second or two at a time, but you can pause them and look at them and see some of the really cool ships. So that was uh, Drop Fleet Commander, and that was really interesting to see, and I'm glad I got to see that. So earlier today, I visited a booth in the exhibit hall. It's Artisan Dice Company. I've heard of these before, and I've read about them online. This is a company that makes very high-end You can read that as expensive as you want because it's what they are. They're expensive, high-end dice made from very, uh, very rare, uh, very expensive materials. And uh, so I always thought, you know, it might be kind of cool to get a couple of, you know, really, really nice dice because I've got, you know, the ones I need to play my game and stuff. But I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of a little fun thing to have some really you know, super high-quality dice made of some rare material or something. So I did check them out, and uh, while I was at the booth, I heard one of the guys there discussing pricing with a potential customer, and he mentioned that the dice come in sets of, uh, I think it was about six. It's a normal set. It's like an eight-sided, a four-sided, a six, a 20 and, uh, and the decimal dice, the percentage dice, I think something like that, but it's a, a real basic set. And he said that the, uh, the sets start at $120 and go up quite a bit from there. So at that point I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just, fuck this, <laughs> um, I'm not a cheapskate by any means. I, I like buying nice things for myself, especially with, when it comes to my hobbies. But I just couldn't really even think about paying hundred and twenty dollars or more for a set of dice, especially when the game I the main game I play, which is uh, Tac-2 or Tac Force, uses the percentile dice, uses the you know the one to one hundred, the tens and the and the single digits. So really out of that whole $120 or more that I would spend, I'd really only be using two dice. So I was just like, okay, I am not going to do that. But if you're the type of person that really appreciates, you know, fine craftsmanship, rare exotic materials, and you're a serious gamer and you want to drop that kind of money on dice, you will you do want to check out Artisan Dice because they are fantastic I mean they are works of art is what they are. They are truly works of art so um, I recommend them if you're you know if you're into that and you want and you've got that kind of money to spend and you don't mind doing it uh, do be sure to check them out.'t don't, uh, don't be scared of them just because I ran away screaming. Um, it might be just a thing for you, who knows or a gift for somebody very special whatever but they are very nice. I did enjoy looking at them and I took some pictures and things while I was there. So after checking out Artisan Dice, I actually just buzzed right over to Chessex. I think that's how it's pronounced, Chessex. Probably everybody knows about Chessex. They're the kind of the biggest dice manufacturer importer in America. Just about any time you go buy dice anywhere that aren't, you know, ex- exceptionally uh, fancy, uh, you're probably buying Chessex dice. I sell them on on gcmini.com. Um, I've got a wholesale account with them. But uh, when I was over there at their booth, I noticed that they had a new line of dice that were very interesting. They're called the uh, faux metal jacket line, faux, like F-A-U-X, and uh, it's kind of play on full metal jacket, I guess. But the faux metal jacket line of dice are traditional plastic dice, injection molded or whatever process they use to make them, Um, but then they are plated with metal. Probably uh, vacuum metallized or some other process like that. Kind of like what you see in a um, when you buy a plastic model kit of a car. They have the chrome parts in there. Those are vacuum metallized, but very, very, very thin. These dice were uh, coated a little thicker than that, and the and the coating actually gave the dice a little bit of weight, which is kind of a cool thing. They really they they felt different, um, and they're probably. Uh, I don't know anybody that wears out dice very often, but they're probably more durable because they're plated with metal on the outside. And they had, you know, like chrome and brass and gold and things like that. And they even had a set that was metal plated. And then on top of that, some other process where they were colored. It might have even been like a powder coating. I don't know what it was, but they had some colored ones. So they had the feel of the metal dice, but they weren't chrome. They were colored. And I have this thing for like really, really obnoxious things. (laughs) Um, And I saw a set of these dice that were like flaming hot neon pink and not, uh, and they weren't glossy. They were like a flat flaming neon pink. They were just the most obnoxious things I ever saw. So of course I had to buy them. I bought a set just a, just the percentile dice, the the tens and the ones, so I got a set of those. But like I said, the, just the weight of the metal on them gives them kind of a kind of a cool feel, and they're just totally ridiculously horrendous. So if I go to a war game and I'm playing a you know macho tank battle, Americans versus Russians or whatever, I'm gonna pull out these flaming pink dice and throw them on the table just to piss people off, and just to kind of psych them out. So that was kind of fun, and they were—I think they were like about two and a half dollars each for the for the metallized dice. So those were kind of fun. Um, so that's enough dice talk, I think, for one podcast. Now most of you guys know that I am a miniatures gamer, and I'm a two eighty fifth scale six millimeter modern miniatures guy. I have a very specific taste in gaming, but I do play one card game, and it's Cards Against Humanity. I love that game. It's a horrible game for horrible people and that's perfect for me and my friends and family. So I do like playing Cards Against Humanity. There is an unofficial expansion pack. There's a lot of unofficial expansion packs, actually. But there's one that came out fairly recently called Humanity Hates Trump. Now, I don't want to get into a political discussion here. I'm not going to talk about the pros and cons of Trump. But these cards are... Trump themed, and they are fucking hilarious. They're great. If you have a sense of humor, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or an independent, if you have a sense of humor about this guy named Trump, you're going to love these cards. They are amazing. They have two sets. One of them is about a $25 set, which by itself can be used as a game itself it includes you know a bunch of the black cards and then two or three times as many of the white cards so you could just buy that box and play it or you could mix them in with your you know your cards against humanity or whatever other sets you have Um, so they have that their sort of starter set and then they have an expansion pack which is $15 and it's kind of just like the cards against humanity expansion pack it has a a small stack of black cards and then a bunch more white ones. They're all about the same size as the Cards Against Humanity, so um, I don't have the box in front of me, so I can't tell you how many cards are in each one, but they're very comparable to what you see on the Cards Against Humanity sets. So anyways, I bought both of those, and I just sat around for an hour actually tonight just going through all the cards and reading them and just laughing my fucking ass off. So if you play that game, and if you're a horrible person, and your friends are horrible people, definitely think about buying that. They also make a third expansion set, which is the uh, Hillary set. So if you are a hardcore Republican and you want to, you know, kind of even things out a little, you can pick up the Hillary set as well. I don't know what's in that as far as, you know, the quality of the humor and whatnot. I don't tend to think of her as quite as funny a person to make fun of. Trump is pretty funny to make fun of, I think. But I said I wasn't going to get into politics, so we'll just stop there. So I didn't get the Hillary ones. And I I might, though. I might go back there tomorrow and get them anyways just to see. They might be hilarious. I don't know. We'll see. So if you're into Cards Against Humanity, you might want to get – it's called Humanity Hates Trump. And it's actually available on Amazon. And believe it or not, it's actually like the packs are a few cents cheaper than they were here at the – at the convention, which was a little annoying to me. I, I usually think when you go to a convention, you're getting, you know, kind of a special price, but I guess not. But anyways, so I paid an extra five cents a box or something, but I got to get them right now and take them home with me. So, so it's all good. I ain't worried about that. So I want to talk about one more sort of card game that is terribly, terribly interesting, but I don't actually play it. I find it way more fun to watch this game being played. So I'm always on the outside watching it being played. And it goes by a bunch of different names, like Are You a Werewolf? Just Werewolf? Uh, Ultimate Werewolf? If you've never heard of the werewolf games, do a little searching online and check it out. I love to watch these games being played. It's sort of a kind of a psychological kind of mindfuck game. People are constantly lying to each other and trying to create little alliances and gang up on other people, and nobody knows who anybody else really is. Um, So it's really fun. I think it's really fun to be on the outside where you know or you find out pretty quickly who everybody is and then watch how they play the game based on trying to convince other people who they are or who they're not or who they think other people are. I just, I just find it very interesting to have, have that knowledge and watch them play without them having that knowledge and trying to gain that knowledge. So I don't want to get too much into exactly how it's played and everything, but basically it's, it's a bunch of people sitting around in a circle. The most basic form of the game is a bunch of people are villagers and a few are werewolves, but you don't know, like I said, who's who but you find out soon enough if you're a skillful player. And uh, like I said, I just, I just love watching it being played. So the last couple of nights, and it's usually played at night because it's a, it's a werewolf game. So it's just kind of appropriate to play it at night. So the last couple of nights, I've been watching some people uh, play that game and it's just been a real blast just to sit there and watch them. So that's kind of a fun game too uh, to watch. And you might enjoy playing it. Some, um, a lot of people really do. Um, so check that out if you want. Now I just want to talk for a minute about just going to conventions in general. Maybe you don't go to conventions. You probably should if you're a gamer. They are really, really fun. You meet a lot of really cool people, and i found, I guess probably because I'm a manufacturer, I'm in the business, people know me, You know, I have a lot of customers from all over the world. So sometimes I go to these conventions and I run into people that actually know me or think they know me. They know my name. You know, they know who I am. And that's kind of fun. But what's really fun, I think, is like what's happened here twice so far. Imagine you go to a convention and, you know, there's 100,000 people or something. And you run into somebody that you know personally that you didn't know was there That's really kind of cool. And I've had two sort of experiences like that since I've been here. Yesterday, I was actually walking from my hotel to the convention center, and I saw somebody that I recognize from the conventions in Los Angeles that I go to and exhibit at three times a year. I don't know this person, but I recognized him. I said, oh, my God, that's, I don't know, but I I recognize this guy. And he was walking with a couple of friends, I think his girlfriend and, and somebody else. So I just walked up behind him and just tapped him on the shoulder and said, dude, because you know, I'm from California, we say dude. I said, dude, I know you from the conventions in California, in LA. And he goes, oh my God, yeah, I recognize you. You're in the dealer room there and all that. So we just chatted for a few minutes and it uh, Turns out he was from Southern California near the L.A. area, started going to the conventions, and then moved somewhere up north for school. But he still comes back to L.A. for the conventions three times a year, and that's why I always see him there. So it was just kind of fun. We just talked for a few minutes, and then you know we went our separate ways. And it was just so weird to be in the middle of a you know, strange city 2,000 miles away from home and run into somebody like that. And then I had a, uh, another experience today, actually, inside the convention center, walking through one of the hallways, and there's this guy uh, named Christopher who always comes to the L.A. conventions with his son, and they always come by my booth and stand around and chat with me about, you know, new products and things like that. It's just a really, really friendly guy, and his, he's got a young son, and he's always, you know, interested in what's going on at the table and stuff. So I just randomly ran into him in the hallway today too and I was like, Oh my God, Christopher And it was just like I said, it's it's just a weird thing to be so far away from home and run into people you actually know or, or just recognize or whatever. It's it's really it's really a small world, the gaming world. I mean it's you know, millions and millions of people play games, but there I guess there's a certain subset of us that, you know, go to a lot of conventions and the more you do it, the more you run into people you know. So if you don't go to conventions, you might want to check it out. I mean, not just for those weird, you know, social interactions like that, but it's a really uh, a great way to get out and experience other games, whether you play them or just want to see them or learn about them or whatever. It's really quite fun. I do it, you know, for a lot of, you know, sort of marketing research myself. I like to, you know, see what people are playing, what kind of terrain they're using, and things like that, and try to get ideas for like, oh, you know, these people are playing this era, this scale, and they don't have a lot of terrain, maybe because there's not a lot available, maybe I should make some stuff for this game, or whatever, so I do a lot of sort of homework when I'm out on the road, and that's, uh, I, I call it my spy missions, but really it's just kind of market research, and it's a great little vacation, too, a great way to get away and just have some fun, so if you're not a convention type person, think about it and try one, try a local one and see if you like it. Um, So I think that's about it for now. I I think we're up to about 20 minutes. That's enough for tonight. I am just trashed. I've been on the go for several days and the night before I came here, I got an hour or two sleep and the first night I got here, I got another hour or two. So I am just a little bit tired and I think it's getting to be around 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, just after 1, so I am going to hit it. Um, Please leave any questions, comments, suggestions, or anything you have in the comments at itgrpodcast.com, and please tell your friends about this podcast. Send them directly to itgrpodcast.com because that's where the audio and video podcasts are always posted. Um, If you could just kind of help me spread the word, Uh, I do this for fun, but I really want people to enjoy it. And the more people that enjoy it and the more people that interact with me, uh, the more rewarding it becomes. So trying to get the word out there, it's slowly picking up, uh, you know, uh, listeners and viewers. But I, if you, if there's anything you guys can do, post online about it, tell your friends, whatever, that would be really appreciated. So that's it for now. I am going to cut this off here and get some rest. So thanks a lot for listening, and I'll have another audio podcast up very soon. There's much more to talk about from this convention, but that's enough for tonight. So thank you very much, and keep on gaming, guys.